Welcome to the Addiction Connection podcast, connecting the hope of the gospel with the heart of addiction. I'm your host, Mark Shaw, and it is a new year for us. And this is an important podcast because I'm going to talk about the Addiction Connections cross logo. I get asked a lot of times from a lot of people, what does your logo mean? It's intense. Well, yeah, it, it is. And I'm going to give a little bit of the backstory, and then I'm going to read from uh, all four of the Gospels, actually, in this podcast. So I, I can't wait to to dig into this because I, I love the truths and I love the application, the applications for the Addiction Connection with our logo. And what better way to start off the new year than to talk about the Addiction Connection cross logo? So first of all, just a little bit of backstory. Jude Gavin, who is the son of Dan and Rosemary Gavin up in New Jersey, they lead a ministry called Addictions Victorious, and they're in lots of churches trying to get the local church to help with the problem of addiction. If you've heard some of my recent podcasts about fentanyl and the that it's the number one killer for people ages 18 to 45, more people have died from fentanyl drug overdoses than from COVID-19 then from suicide, then from car accidents. Uh, so I appreciate the work that Dan Gavin and, and Rosemary and others are doing to get the local church mobilized to help with the problem of addiction. That's going to be a focus, focal point for us in 2022. Too many churches are being uh, silent on the issue. We got to mobilize them and get them to, to help. Uh, some churches are ineffective in what they're doing because they are just doing what the world does. And it's obviously not working. When drug overdose deaths increase from 2017 to 2020 by 32%, uh, it's not working. What, whatever's been tried for three or four years, it's not working. It's not reaching people's hearts. And the secular approach is never going to do that. So, yeah, I'm fired up. I'm fired up about the inefficiency of the current system and all the money poured into it that's ridiculous, spent on uh, futile attempts to try to help people because we have a message that is not just for the addicted, but it's for all people. It's the gospel. And the cross is central to the message of the gospel. And so we are focused in on this in our logo. I love our logo. Our logo depicts the three crosses, the historical record of Jesus's crucifixion on that day at Calvary. If you're a believer, you know exactly what I'm talking about because three people were crucified uh, that same day. Jesus was one of them in the middle. So in our logo, that's the bigger cross. Then the other two crosses represent the thieves on the cross, as the Bible talks about. I want to start in Matthew 27 and read 38 through 44. And I want you to notice something here. This is very interesting to me. Then two robbers were crucified with Jesus, one on the right and one on the left. There's our logo, three crosses. They're joined together. Jude Gavin is the one who created this. Uh, he Picked our colors at that time. We were going for like an orange color scheme and all that kind of thing. Well, we've refreshed, rebranded our logo. It's much more intense now. It's a little different looking, a little more modern looking. 
but it's still Jude's basic idea. He's so creative, and I just want to give him all the credit for for blessing us by giving us uh, our logo uh, years and years ago, probably 2000, I want to say 13, maybe eight years ago. So we've refreshed it now, but it's still the same. In Matthew 27, verse 38, then two robbers were crucified with Jesus, one on the right and one on the left, verse 39. And those who passed by derided him, wagging their heads and saying, you who would destroy the temple and rebuild it in three days, save yourself if you are the son of God, come down from the cross. Wow. Wow. I, I, I'm just blown away that I had a lot of things here. I'm speechless because it's it's kind of the same thing today, right? You know, if 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 Jesus is who he says he is, tell him to fix all this mess. Tell him to solve the real problem, which is is for him at that moment in their minds was come down off the cross. Get get down off of there and rebuild this place and save save this world. But see, God's purposes was was way higher than anything mankind could imagine. So verse 41 then goes on to say, So also the chief priests with the scribes and elders mocked him. So the people are mocking him. Fix this place. Fix this mess. If you're Jesus, if you're the Son of God, you, you should get down off that cross and fix this mess. See, their, their kingdom agenda was little k. God's kingdom agenda was capital K. He had a bigger purpose in mind. But here now the religious people, religious people are dangerous people, right? We all understand that. Chief priests, scribes, and elders, they mocked him, saying in verse 42, he saved others, he cannot save himself. He's the king of Israel. Let him come down now from the cross, and we will believe in him. He trusts in God. Let God deliver him now if he desires him. For he said, I am the son of God. Well, that's pretty powerful statement from religious people saying, yeah, he, he said who he is. He needs to come down. He needs to fix this. And then we'll believe in him. It's almost like, you know, manipulation. And uh, and I'm quite convinced had he come down, they still wouldn't have believed, maybe one or two. But it's got to be the Holy Spirit that enlivens the heart. Uh, these were religious people who saw Jesus do all kinds of miracles and heard about the miracles and they never believed. So if he does one more miracle, they're they're not really going to believe. I, I don't believe the truth of what they're saying here. I think they're just trying to be uh, manipulative in some way and deceptive. So that's 42 and 43. Now look at verse 44. Th- this is what I want to key on. This is fascinating to me, and I, I think you'll see it. Verse 44 in, in Matthew says, and the robbers who were crucified with him also reviled him in the same way. The robbers who were crucified, that's the one on the right and the one on the left, reviled Jesus in the same way. Same way as what? Well, it's the same way as the chief priests and elders, the religious people. The same way as the uh, people who passed by and derided him, wagging their heads. Uh, I, I don't know what wagging your head means. I mean, I've seen it, I guess, in football games and baseball games and stuff like that. Uh, but uh, I would be real curious to to know more about that. I just haven't studied it. Maybe you know 
uh, and you can leave a comment or something about it, but um, they're the, the two robbers, here's the point, they are reviling Jesus in the same way, both robbers, the one on the right and the one on the left. So you might ask right now, well, why would the tack cross logo depict all three, Jesus and these two? Uh, why, why these other two guys? Why are you depicting all three? Well, we're going to get there because I want you to, to see some things here in a minute. Now, in Mark chapter 15, and in the Gospels depict the, the end of Jesus' life here on the cross. Mark 15, starting in verse 27 through 32, we'll actually skip 28 since it's not in many of the early manuscripts. Uh, and I don't have time to go into that. You'll have to research that for yourself. But starting in verse 27, and with him they crucified two robbers, one on his right and one on his left, verse 29. And those who passed by derided him, wagging their heads and saying, Aha, you who would destroy the temple and rebuild it in three days, save yourself and come down from the cross. See, that's their answer. Get down off the cross. Get get down here with us. Why are you dying in this way? This doesn't make sense. You're so weak. And the same accusations to God are being said in our culture today. You're, you're so weak. Come down here with us. Get down here. Fix this. Fix this world. Fix this mess. Well, God's already sent his son to fix it, to fix our hearts. It's the gospel. We get, we get a little too upset over physical things, over physical health, uh, buildings, and all kinds of stuff. We're, we're obsessed with what we can see and what we can build and how we can uh, build up our kingdom. But that's not God's kingdom. That's not capital K kingdom stuff. Verse 31, so also the chief priests and the scribes mocked Jesus to one another saying, he saved others, he cannot save himself. Let the Christ, the King of Israel, come down now from the cross that we may see and believe. Those who were crucified with him also reviled him. Both guys are reviling Jesus. Look at uh, Luke 23 now. Actually, well, I'm sorry. Before I get there, let me go to John 19, 18. John 19, 18, there they crucified him and with him two others, one on either side and Jesus between them. So that's our logo. Three crosses joined together here uh, in our logo. But the now Luke 23, starting in verse 32. We're going to read through 43. Two others who were criminals were led away to be put to death with Jesus. And when they came to the place that is called the skull, there they crucified him and the criminals, one on his right and one on his left. So very consistent message with all four gospels. Now Luke is actually going to give us an added detail to what we just read in in John, very little detail there in one sense. Um, with Mark and Matthew, the the two thieves on the cross are reviling Jesus just as the other people walked by as the religious leaders were doing. Now look at verse 34 here. And Jesus said, Father, so he's praying to God. Jesus is modeling prayer on the cross in excruciating pain physical suffering and agony, he's praying, Father, you forgive them, forgive them. 
for they know not what they do. Now, he's not saying they're innocent. He's saying they don't understand the consequences. They don't understand the, the depth of where this is going to take them. He's praying for people who are telling him, get down off the cross. You're so weak. Get down and we'll believe in you. We'll trust you. Don't you want us to believe in you? I mean, that's the kind of mocking that's going on here. And you know what? Sad to say, many of us who are, before we were born again, all of us before we were born again would have done the same thing. The mocking in our own hearts, the, the lack of belief, the, the lack of understanding of who God is. And then the verse 34 goes on to say, and this is Luke 23, and they cast lots to divide his garments and the people stood by watching, but the ruler scoffed at him saying, he saved others, let him save himself. If he is the Christ of God, his chosen one. So again, consistency here in all these gospels, but Luke is going to give us an added detail that's important. And it's important to the tack cross logo too. Verse 36, the soldiers also mocked him coming up and offering sour wine and saying, if you're the king of the Jews, save yourself. There was also an inscription over him. This is the king of the Jews. One of the criminals who were hanged railed at him saying, are you not the Christ? Save yourself and us. See, again, thinking the same way, get off the cross, get down here, get us off of this, save us. If you're a king, be a king, be powerful in the way that we want you to be powerful. And I, I can't miss the point that they, um, I don't want to miss the point that they offered Jesus this uh, sour wine, this, this thing to ease his suffering, and he refused it. So he didn't go to any kind of medication or wine, alcohol is a drug in liquid form. So he didn't seek a drug to lessen his uh, physical state. He went through the suffering fully in his right mind, as uh, I would say. And then verse 40, this is Luke 23. This is so good. I hope you're, you're getting this and enjoying this as much as I am. But the other rebuked him. So now we've got a difference now we've got a difference. The other, the other here is referring to the other robber, the other thief on the cross. So one is reviling him saying, you know, save us, get down here, be powerful. This is who you are. But the other thief on the cross, something has happened to him. And he says to the, his other thief on the cross. So these are the two crosses next to Jesus. The one guy saying to the reviling guy, do you not fear God since you are under the same sentence of condemnation? And we indeed justly, for we are receiving the due reward of our deeds. But this man, talking about Jesus, this man has done nothing wrong. Well, in Matthew and Mark, this guy who is rebuking the other thief on the cross was reviling just like he was, but something happened and Luke recorded that for us. And it, it's glorious. I am so thankful this is in the Bible for us. And I know if you've read the Bible, you understand the thieves on the cross and this change in his mind, something happened by the power of the Holy Spirit and this guy got it. He understood it's so much so 
that he's expressing his faith and rebuking the other the other thief on the cross, not rebuking him in a way that is 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 evil. He's actually trying to help the other guy. He's actually being evangelistic on the cross in agony and pain because he realizes Jesus has done nothing wrong. Jesus is praying for people. Jesus is is handling this situation differently than any person would ever handle it, including you and me. Jesus is handling the cross in a way that honors God. And this guy says, do you not fear God? That's the first thing he says to this other thief. Since you're under the same sentence of condemnation. In other words, you're going to die soon. You're, you're under the same sentence of condemnation. You're going to die. You're going to meet God. Don't you fear him? And we indeed justly, like we deserve to be here. We're thieves. For we are receiving the due reward of our deeds. But this man, Jesus, has done nothing wrong. And then, so he's evangelizing the other thief, which I love. You gotta, now, we're going to talk about the TAC cross logo in just a minute and, and bring some of these things out. But I want to talk about the text first. Verse 42, so after he evangelizes this guy, he's going to talk to Jesus, who he's not evangelizing Jesus. He understands who Jesus is. Jesus is the Son of God. Jesus is who he should worship. And he says to Jesus, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. I just, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. I'm just blown away by that. Aren't you? The simplicity of that. Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus says to him, truly, I say to you, today, you will be with me in paradise. Today. Today, you'll be with me in paradise. That takes my breath away, quite honestly. Because both thieves were reviling against Jesus. And then one of them, by the power of the Holy Spirit, comes to his senses. He looks to to heaven. He looks to Jesus and he recognizes that he is a sinner. He's dying justly and he's going to meet God, his maker, and he needs to fear God. What a blessing that he recognizes that, right? And then he cries out to Jesus to remember him. And Jesus says, today, you'll be with me in paradise. Didn't baptize him. Didn't make him read (laughs) a prayer uh, or have to get, you know, do any anything that, that uh, modern churches uh, typically try to do, right? Get people to do. He just said today, because he's Jesus, he can do whatever he wants. Today, you'll be with me in paradise. Whew, okay, well, catching my breath. The three crosses in the TAC logo are are there to remind us of of really three key things. There's a lot here but at least three things, let's say that. That Jesus is central to the message of the hope of the gospel for the heart of addiction. If if you don't get that from our ministry, we failed. Jesus is central. He is the highest power. He's the only higher power that matters. Any higher power that someone chooses for themselves that's not Jesus is gonna be an inefficient, ineffective higher power. Oh, they might get sober with that higher power. Yeah, great. 
but they're not going to get eternal life with that higher power unless it's Jesus. So he's central to the message of hope for addiction and the hope of the gospel. Now, the se- so that's why we have three crosses. The middle one represents Jesus. It's larger and bigger than the other two. I love that Jude designed it that way. Then the second point is that some will realize their guilt. Some will, and, and they will fear God, and they'll turn to Jesus in faith and receive the gift of salvation by grace. So as we proclaim the excellencies of Christ and talk about addiction isn't a disease, that's a man-made idea, but it is sin. It's sinful desires of the heart. People are wanting the wrong thing. They're wanting their own capital K kingdom. They're wanting to fix their problem in their own way. That's, that's what all these people were yelling at Jesus to do is to fix their problem. Get down off the cross and fix this mess. Well, that's what the addict is doing. I'm going to fix this mess. I'm going to take care of this. I know what will do it. I know heroin, cocaine, marijuana, alcohol, uh, fentanyl, any of these drugs, I know they're going to fix my problem and I'm going to take care of this. And, And they're reviling Jesus. Yes, I said it. They're reviling Jesus when they do that. Well, that's the response of one of the thieves on the cross. But the other thief realized his guilt. He feared God. I I would say he feared God first. He realized his guilt. And then he turned to Jesus in faith. He asked Jesus to remember him when he comes into his kingdom. And Jesus says, today you'll be with me in paradise. Only Jesus can grant that. You know, that's the only person you can ask. You can't ask another higher power. You have to ask Jesus because he's the only one with the power to grant salvation, this gift that Jesus paid dearly for. He paid for it, but we receive it by grace. And then a third point here is that some will rail at the message of the gospel, just as the criminal on the other side did, looking to Jesus to prove himself by relieving them from their earthly punishment and suffering. Fix this, fix me, uh, but don't fix my sin. That, that's not what any of these people are asking. The, the chief priests and scribes, uh, the people walking by, uh, this thief on the cross, none of them were saying, I'm a sinner, I'm, 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 I deserve this. Will you, will you forgive me? None of them are saying that. They're all saying, prove it, fix it, do it my way. They're demanding. They're demanding. And that's what happens in, in drug addiction. People demand that they, they'll come to Christ if he does what they want him to do, which is really them being God. That's why the whole steps thing of choosing your own higher power, yeah, I'll choose a higher power, no problem. I'd love to have a higher power who do what I say because then really I'm the higher power. And we know Jesus is the highest power. And so it's surrender, it's submission. That's why it's so beautiful to see this other thief on the cross, the one who surrendered to Christ and asked to be with him, that he would remember him. That that is precious. So we have all three crosses represented because some people are going to reject the message of our, our approach to addiction. It's a biblical approach. 
and we are unashamed about it. We are saying Jesus is the only way. He's the only higher power. He's the highest power, and that he's the only way into heaven to God. And, um, I, I, you know, there's not another way. You know, sometimes I wish I could say, well, yeah, there's do any, There's other ways. There's a, No, there's no other way. And I, I don't wish that at all because it's Jesus Christ. He's the only way. It is exclusive in that way. And as we just celebrated in the Advent season, uh, God came to make this small people his people. They weren't big. They weren't powerful. They weren't. He took the, the small, foolish people of the world, the Israelites, and he made them his people. And he brought his Messiah, his Savior, through them. So how does remembering these three things encourage and bring enthusiasm for addiction ministry? Remember, that was our theme in our 2021 summit. And we're going to have a 2022 summit this year. I can't wait to talk more about that later in the year. Uh, but what is uh, the, the encouragement here? What is uh, the message that brings enthusiasm? Well, number one, God is still transforming hearts and he works in the hearts of the addicted. And not just willy-nilly, through, but through his word and by his spirit. So God is at work. He was working in that thief on the cross, the one that, that repented and came to faith in Jesus Christ. That guy... Uh, that guy recognized, and I say he repented because the other two gospels, Matthew and Mark, clearly say both thieves reviled Jesus just like the passerbys and the religious rulers. So he had to repent in Luke 23. Luke is recording that additional information for us that he repented. He changed. Uh, there was a change of attitude, a change of heart. And God did that. God transformed his heart. We can't say this, this thief didn't repent. He did. The other gospels show that he did. His, his attitude changed. And that's only by the praise and power of God. So I love that. And, and that's going to happen when you proclaim the message of addiction is a sin issue of the heart. It's a desire of the heart that people need to repent. Some people are going to reject the gospel. That's our second point. One of the thieves, they rejected Jesus. Some people are going to reject. We know that. That's why it's in our logo. The Addiction Connection cross logo depicts three crosses. Jesus Christ, who we exalt because God is transforming hearts. Number two, some people will reject the gospel and be like that one thief who died and went to hell had he not repented. And, and there's no evidence in the scriptures that he repented. So I don't want to say he repented. I, I don't know. I, I hope he did, but it's not given to us that he did. So logically, the only thing I can deduce is he was headed to hell. That, that's where people who are unrepentant go, according to Scripture. And we have no evidence that he repented. And then our third point to think about here as we think about what's to be enthusiastic about is that Jesus Christ is the one true God. He's symbolized by the middle cross of our logo. And he's higher than the other two crosses because there's only one true higher power. That's something to be enthusiastic about. Amen? God is transforming hearts like the one thief who repented and is with Jesus today in paradise. That, that's an awesome thing. 
That's what we all want Jesus to say. Today, you will be with me in paradise. That number two, people are going to reject the gospel. That doesn't mean we give up on our message. We need to proclaim the truth. And number three, Jesus Christ is the one true God. He's the highest power. And he, his cross is to be elevated, his message, the message of the gospel. That's why this is so important. So the TAC logo, it's intense. It's been refreshed, rebranded. Uh, thankful again for Jude Gavin, who created it. He's the son of Dan and Rosemary Gavin of Addictions Victorious. Uh, and I'm excited, really, that that's the backstory. We've refreshed it now. But now you have the meaning from Scripture and an explanation of why we used it. And it is a powerful, glorious thing. And so I would encourage you, uh, take some time to read the, the end accounts of Jesus' life on the cross because there's so much there to encourage your heart as you seek to do ministry and hopefully addiction ministry in this new year. Thanks for tuning in. Take care and God bless.